1: You are on Sunday Magazine with uh, Macca and Paul. Our special guest is Joy Ambassador.
0: Let's start at the very beginning.
1: Sorry, Sally. Julie,
0: I love it. Uh,
1: Joy Ambassador, Lord Mayor of Melbourne, directly elected Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Sally Cap, who I call Sally Von Cap. Good morning, Sally. And that's good because you're a bit morning, of a sound of music fan, and aren't Mecca.
0: you? I love a good musical. Can it's, you get can I you wish get, I could sing. Go on, can all. you
1: give us a couple of bars, The Hills Are
2: Alive? Go no. on. Go <laughs> on, <laughs> so give it a go. Not. Do
0: you want people to keep listening? Oh, yeah, not? yeah.
2: <laughs> go on, you've done it before. Go on. No, sorry. No yeah. that
0: particular song. The Hills Are Alive. I'm flat. I'm flat. That's all right. Fantastic! <laughs> That's a great. Ri- I've risen to the challenge. A great
2: segue. How are we doing musical theatre in Melbourne, Sally? Is there anywhere in Australia you can get such a vibrant selection of shows?
0: No. And it's important because uh, it's a great way of continuing to support great talent and great people that work behind the scenes and make sure that the industry is vibrant, is to keep having so many shows. And the reason we can do that is because people keep turning up as very enthusiastic audiences. It's wonderful.
2: And and going for, for drinks and dinners, pre and post, It just, it's great to keep the, uh, the centre alive in the evening.
0: It is. Uh, the energy that comes from mm. theatre crowds is incredible. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit low in the afternoon and it's Wednesday matinee, I will go and stand outside the Regent and just let all of that energy wash <laughs> yes. over me as the crowd comes out. It's wonderful. And we're about to start the uh, investment and the work on the upgrading of the theatre district on Exhibition Street. Right. So we're adding oh, wider pavements, lovely areas for theatre crowds to gather before, during and after the show uh, and to really make that, I think the investment there reflect how important theatre is to us, whether it's musical theatre or drama, whatever, uh, we absolutely love it.
1: I mean, it's it's uplifting, you know. Yes. And, but also it's a significant economic contributor to Melbourne. And to Melbourne's nightlife. You know, Melbourne at night, the CBD at night, is very different to during the day. And I want people to imagine, just imagine if those theatres weren't there. Just imagine if they didn't, you know, if that district didn't have the support of the council, if it didn't have the support of the folk who run the theatres and everything. I yeah. mean, it'd be a bit dead, wouldn't it?
0: It's a major part of who we are yeah. as well and uh, goes to our DNA. And it's lovely when international producers and directors and... Uh, artists come over and they really reflect on Melbourne in the same sentence as New York and London, mm. Broadway and West End, and to be in that sort of company reflects yeah. our standing internationally and. and For us to appreciate that locally, I think, is important. But as you said, it is uplifting. Our nighttime economy is going gangbusters. Saturday and Sundays are bigger crowds than we've ever seen before. People are really getting into Christmas, even with this crazy weather of ours. And uh, for us, we are very mindful of how much we need to respect and value theatre.
2: Just while we're on a CBD late-night love-in, um, my parents are visiting and uh, I sent them into the CBD. And they they're, were. They're not de- 10 billion. They, they, deli- they were <laughs> delighted to see all the lights on Town Hall and just told me when they came back home just how festive it all looked. Oh, that's so, congratulations so nice. to the team down there for pulling that yeah, together. They've done
0: a really good job. And we've got a whole lot of new decorations this year as well. And some great things to do, whether you're into. Christmas roller skating, we've got fantastic Christmas movie-a-thons at the Capitol Theatre, which you've be, got to you're visit you going to be roller regardless. skating? I think I will. Yeah. I think Can I will. Can you roller <laughs> skate? Can you? <laughs> Not very coordinatedly, <laughs> but uh, it's good fun. Talk about having a laugh. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've got a question from a, a, a listener here, Sally. Can you please ask, Sally, about the e-scooters, and I call it the CB&D, Um. This listener thinks they're a bit of a menace. He's almost been run over. So tell us about the e-scooters. Because I know, <laughs> for example, in Singapore, there's a little bit of a, an issue with them. Okay, the living arrangements are different in Singapore, where in a lot of buildings, they're banned because they catch fire. Yeah, you know, the, the oh, e-scooters. Okay. They well, they'd for- be the
0: private ones, pe- the ones that people oh, yes, have at yes. home. Yes, not, <clears> not throat> throat> I can't comment <laughs> yeah, on yeah, those on ones. <laughs> uh, but I, I have heard about some of those issues. Look, uh, to John, we absolutely have to remain diligent about... Reminding people and then, frankly, punishing people if they do ride on the footpath, if they're riding without their helmets, if they're doing the wrong thing, uh, too much yee-hawing as they go down uh, the streets. Uh, But uh, the e-scooter trial, which has been extended again, uh, has been resoundingly successful, more than six million trips done. Uh, I've just been in Dubai at COP28, and I was able to report to so many people about the reduction in emissions because of uh, car trips uh, averted due to uh, due to e-scooter trips, and uh, these. Uh, This form of public transport has become a really essential part of our transport network. Uh, We do need to make sure people are doing the right things, but there are lots of benefits to e-scooters, and we are seeing a proliferation of these programs right across the world Mm. uh, because they're well used and they have multiple benefits. But I do acknowledge that... People doing the wrong thing yeah. can be menacing, as John said. Uh, it's a constant part of our conversations with Victoria Police on how we can do better with uh, with the Victorian government, but also with the operators, because we've said if they can't show ways of improving technology yes. uh, and with geofencing and geospatial technology these days. Tech uh, silly Tech, exactly. They should be able to tell yeah. if a scooter is being ridden on the footpath and just stop it.
1: Mm, because, you, you know, I've had this discussion with Deputy Lord Mayor Nick Reese before. Yes. And I think, you know, the, the geofencing and, and it's it doesn't always work that accurately because of, you know, uh, tall buildings and other things. Mm. But but at the end of the day, uh, I mean, they can stop the scooter being used outside the area that's allowed to be used, they can turn it off there.
2: And they also know who the users are because you have to to log on so they'll know who the people are who are offending.
0: Paul, this is a really good point because if John was to even take a quick snap or just remember where he was uh, at the time that behaviour happened, the operators, and make a complaint to the operators, they can usually pinpoint it with Mm. unbelievable accuracy Mm. and then fine the rider. They are best placed to do that. And of course, if you're using a for example, which is attached to Uber, Uber can then start to have punishments like disabling your Uber Eats account. Ooh. And apparently that is more compelling than <gasps> yeah. a fine from dum, the police dum, dum. in terms of Especially a at
1: this time of year.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now we've got a, another one here and, and uh, uh, Grant says, why would I come into the city with all the protests, constantly disrupting transport? Well, Sally can't control the protests, right? Right. Um, The police can, but it's important to remember here, Grant, much as we find it inconvenient, the right to protest is very important. And if we get to a situation like uh, where the heavy hand of government says, no, no, we're not going to allow you to demonstrate, we could all move to Singapore where, you know, there's a little corner in a park you can stand on a little box and wave your arms around. Um, it's important, the right to protest, but I get it, Grant. You know, it is inconvenient. You know, I've been held up, you know, when I'm driving somewhere with a protest and, you know, a lot of the times I don't agree with what people are protesting about. But, you know, the right to protest is very important. It's called democracy.
0: Hmm. I agree with you, absolutely. I'm in the city every day and it is frustrating when you are held up for some reason or another as a result of a protest or, as you said, sometimes it's quite emotional, the response to the issue. But the fact is I would rather have all of that and live in a society that not just gives us the right to protest but values the right of freedom of speech and protest, not... Vilification, not racism, not discrimination. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the right to protest. And I think appreciating that is important. I get the inconvenience, but I'd take inconvenience every day.
1: Yeah. There you go. Democratically elected. Directly <laughs> well, elected. I guess. That's Lord right. I,
0: I better believe in it.
1: Sally Cap, you are on Sunday Magazine Joy 94.9 with Macca and Paul. Stay with us. Paul well
2: and Paula Macca here on Saturday Magazine. We're talking to Melbourne Lord Mayor Sally Camp. And Sal,
1: um, there's been some discussion. We've had this discussion a lot of times before about statues what? and the genders that are represented in the statues around Melbourne. Mm. I know yourself and Deputy Lord Mayor Nick Reese and the council
0: mm.
1: um, have a bit of a plan here, a bit of an idea
0: we do. Well, it's more than an idea now. We went out to community since last time we spoke about this and you would have spoken to Nick. In fact, yep. he's out doing some media, other media uh, at the moment He's a media tart,
1: isn't he? He's a real media <laughs> He's good at it. Yeah.
0: And uh, so more than an idea. So we've taken uh, a lot of suggestions from the public and it was wonderful to see how enthusiastic people are about addressing this gender imbalance in statues because remember, statues really do matter. Yeah. It says to people, these are leaders that we should respect and we value their contribution. And the fact that women are so underrepresented in Melbourne needs to be addressed. So the announcement uh Uh, This week that Vida Goldstein is going to be the first uh, statue Is really exciting Uh, Vida has the most incredible story Which I just didn't know enough about But she made us the top of the pops The gold class in women's rights back in the early 1900s Mm. When she lobbied for and was successful in getting uh, The women's Mm. right to vote Which New Zealand had already done But also Just
1: just before us just, just
0: before, but the women's, women's right to stand for office, yes. and the two came ah. together, and we were best in class around the world for women's rights at the time, and Vida and the suffragette movement here in Melbourne uh, were really held up as- mm leading the way for women's rights around the world. And I know that Vida uh, and many women then went to influence the conversations happening in the UK, conversations happening in the US. In fact, I believe Vida went to meet Teddy Roosevelt and have a chat about women's rights. They didn't happen for some time, but not only did she... she get the the right for women to stand for office. She then stood for office four or five times herself, unsuccessful every time, but used the opportunity to raise awareness on issues important for women, equal pay, addressing domestic violence, uh, just general rights to work, uh, things we're still talking about today. And I think having Vida uh, magnificently represented here in Melbourne Virus statue is a wonderful outcome. So,
2: so Mac, just some stats there to support that. So, presently, there are 580 statues in Melbourne's public spaces. Fewer than 2% of them represent women. And in the city of Melbourne specifically, 25 statues, of which only five are women. So, Mm. it's a great addition, Sally. And where where will that statue go?
0: Still to be determined. We're finding the appropriate spot, but that will also depend on what sort of shape and height. You can
1: put it in a bike line. Absolutely not. That's where
0: the e-scooters go, the bike lanes.
1: (laughs) But, of course, she's been recognised Mm. by naming a seat in the federal parliament after her. Mm. And, of course, that seat is represented by a woman, Zoe Daniel. Yes. And so it's appropriate, not a statue for Zoe, but a statue of Ida to recognise her contribution. Yeah. But, you know, we recognise that contribution when we renamed the seat all those years ago. We
0: did. But Sorry. I don't think that has the same sort of mass... It
1: doesn't. It doesn't, no.
0: ...appreciation or recognition. Mm. But I think that was a very positive thing. Was yeah. Zoe the first woman to
1: The member represent? for that seat? I think I don't she know, might be. Yeah, I think but she anyway, said she was. Yeah. I think
0: they're great stories. Vida's a wonderful Melbourneian and she really created massive positive change in our society yeah. and she's deserving of the recognition. So we're excited about this.
2: Great choice. Mm. Message to come through, Sally. Next question for you. How did you enjoy the NGV Gala?
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Trick question because I didn't go. Oh. I I was going to go and I'm so sorry to the NGV. The hottest ticket in town. It's become the biggest thing in town. But I was at COP28 in Dubai, uh, which was an absolute thrill and honour to be there representing Melbourne and to be part of Team Australia Uh, talking about climate change and how we respond more quickly to climate change, and it was an incredible experience to be there, almost as good as being at the NGV Gala, and I'm really sorry I missed it. But by all reports, it was as glamorous and as brilliant as always.
1: So you're going to the Bowery Ball next year? Please explain. At the
2: NGV. I think it's called – hang on.
0: Is it called the Bowery Ball? Oh, I didn't know Ah. that.
2: There's a, I, think it's NGV a, gala. I, I think it's a separate ball. The NGV Gala is separate, but there's I think what 317 is saying is there's going to be a huge queer ball coming up at the NGV next year. Really? Which may be oh. called the Bowery Ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyone knows anything about that? We'd love yeah, to go. Let us know.
0: Okay. Well it sounds <laughs> We're in. good.
2: So talk about COP twenty twenty eight. What what yeah. actually happens there, Sally? There are there lots wow. of side
0: meetings? Oh, so many. It's actually manic in terms of the number of meetings and Activities and this COP was the first time that cities had been invited formally Ah. to participate in the program and we had what was called a local climate action summit uh, as part of the first week of COP28. Uh, That meant that mayors from around the world got together, uh, lots of different speakers listening to each other, learning from each other I think is really important. And then we also were included in a lot of the formal programs. So, I got to hear Modi speak and Macron speak and Kamala Harris speak, uh, uh, John Kerry, uh, who's a special envoy yep. on oh, climate now. Uh, I had the thrill of doing a, a uh, panel with Hillary Clinton oh, talking about wow. heat and, and the impact on, on women. But I also got to hang out with, I mean, one morning on the train, I was sitting with Amazonians with all of their feathers oh, wow. and- face tattoos and and hearing their stories and uh, learning more about their experiences, tiny NGOs that had made the effort to be there to really champion their causes around the world. But it's the biggest conference in the world, 70,000 people coming together to make a difference. Nobody talks about the science anymore. We've all moved on from that. It's about what we should be doing, how quickly we can make it happen. You don't
1: watch Sky News then?
0: I did see Sky they, News they was talk, there. They talk,
1: they, 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 you know, they're climate sceptics. climate skeptics they do not think there is any science. Okay,
0: well, there we weren't any climate nah. sceptics there. It was really about pushing and shoving each other to do better, to do it quicker and to really make a difference. There are still lots of questions on how we can achieve targets more quickly Uh, and it was terrific to hear lots of different views on that. But what I really did see as well is a lot of challenging Mm. to each other, to say, Mm. actually, can we make this happen more quickly, to see Antonio Guterres up close and the way that he, in sometimes the most charming way but also in the most forthright way, really challenges world leaders to set more ambitious targets and to uh, be – uh, more focused but also more generous in the way that they're allocating resources uh, to to really make a difference on climate change.
1: Now, the City of Melbourne, uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, the amount, the electricity that the City of Melbourne uses, is that 100% green? I think...
0: It is. It's 100% renewable energy and we achieved that by creating a power purchasing agreement for wind farms. And it is a model where we work with the private sector, universities, actually state government, as well as the big energy users in the city. And we've done two of these now, and it's reduced our total emissions across the municipality by 5% in one big chunk, which shows you what's possible. Still a lot of work to do, but we use 100% renewable energy for every street light in the city Uh, every elliptical in our gym, every barbecue is now electrically charged. There you go. Uh, And and so this is a a very positive thing. But as an organisation, we've still got some work to do, but importantly, really across our municipality and our targets are our municipality, 100% 100 renewable energy by 2030, zero carbon emissions net by 2040 means that everybody in the city has a role to play in Mm. achieving those targets. The other thing that was interesting about COP28 from our perspective was that the majority of our emissions come from the built environment, so existing commercial buildings, and uh, that really came onto the agenda. They said for the first time in a significant way at COP28 was really looking at urban environments and starting to look at mitigation and adaptation in urban environments, which when you think about it is important because more than 50% of people now live in in cities around the world. Cities are the biggest emitters. They have to be the biggest player in solutions.
2: And just briefly, 317 has asked, who was the most charismatic leader you met on your visit? Oh, what
0: a good question. Uh, the most charismatic. Uh, it might sound a bit strange, but the prime minister of Barbados, an amazing woman, yeah. was really owned the stage. Uh, even st- being with other leaders of bigger countries and, and more well known countries, uh, she really, uh, Dominated uh, the conversation, mm. and and for us, uh, even listening to the new president of, of Fiji, for example, um, you know many of these places are the most impacted mm. by climate change because of rising, rising sea levels, sea levels yeah. and the impact they're seeing on the economic drivers, like fishing, for example, and what's happening in their communities. And to see them have the opportunity to stand up and have a voice and and put that so well was was fantastic. Uh, But, um, you know, people like Hillary Clinton and Michael Bloomberg to meet these global leaders and to they're so engaging, they're so interested and interesting, uh, but they're also very humble people. And to know that they use their power for good is incredibly inspiring.
1: So I've actually got here some information on the Bowery Ball. Oh, good. 24th of March, 2024, Barry Ball at the NGV, an unforgettable night of dance, drag, music and fashion. Uh, yeah. And Sounds part, like it'll be huge. It, and it's part of NGV International, which uh, I think, uh, dress code, dress, <laughs> dress as though your life depends
2: on it or don't bother.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Isn't it? That is a good one. Isn't it? So, so twenty started- fourth of March, I'll put it in my diary. Yes,
2: thank you for that. Three one seven. Um, Green Line, let's race through them.
0: Well, Green Line this week, the master plan was uh, approved. I know I'm impatient, like Mecca yes. is impatient, to see four, uh, four this years. happening. But the it's- experts have been working on this. And, yes, it has taken four years to get to this point. But I would say, you know, taking from an idea to reality, this is Pretty hard, good going. Yeah. slog. And we've got there with the master plan being approved this week. Uh, it's all systems go now and we will literally see work commence. Uh, we've still got the tennis to get through and Moomba. Moomba. We love Moomba. Seventy years. Oh, by the way, happy birthday. Oh. Thirty years. Joy ninety four point nine. Isn't it? It's fantastic. So uh, a lot ahead of us. A very busy city, uh, but really terrific to see.
2: Macca's had the scissors in his back pocket oh, waiting I for know. the ribbon. On I'm going to have to
0: come up with a ribbon cutting <laughs> ceremony asap. I tell you, we've what, got I... a new hub going in down there, so that people can actually understand and see conceptually Green Line. Uh, that's early next year. Why don't you come and cut the ribbon for the hub, Macca?
1: Will we be able to uh, ride an e-scooter on it when it's done?
0: Very carefully Carefully. and responsibly. Okay, what about – we'll do
1: a little ribbon thing, Um, but I reckon when it's all open and everything, how about you and I, you know, do a few hundred yards on skates – That'll make for
2: an interesting well, I yeah. can't yeah. wait, yeah. wait
0: to see that. You lead the way, Mac okay. That'd be fantastic. I was thinking
2: more of an outside broadcast than a skating oh, broadcast. Oh, yeah, an outside broadcast. Yeah, yeah outside that's a good broadcast. Idea. One that's of the first it.
0: times I met you, you were doing an outside broadcast yes. at yeah. Town Hall, which was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before
2: we go, Sally, we're going to have to wrap up in a second for the news. Oh. Um, Christmas time in the city, What what should people be doing?
0: Oh, well, the projections and the decorations are absolutely superb. Uh, come in. I said earlier there's a new feature this year, Movie Marathon at the Capitol Theatre for all the daggy and sometimes scary Christmas movies. You can Christmas roller skate in Argyle Square in Carlton. Mm-hmm. There are selfie moments all over the city. The Christmas carnival's underway at Birrarung Ma. Uh, come and have your photo taken with Santa. Simon looked a bit like Santa. His beard did, was amazing. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, and, he says Joy
1: FM again. I'm going to, uh, to that. Beard. And of
0: course our retailers and hospitalitarians have risen to new levels.
1: Hospitalitarians?
0: Yes. Mm. To uh, be able to welcome people for fantastic Christmas experiences. That and so much more. Jump on what's on. Have a look and please visit our new library at Queen Victoria Market. It's called Nam Nagu. It's an incredible uh, acknowledgement of traditional owner, culture and art. It's like an art gallery and a library, dedicated children's space, new terrace, come on down, Namnagu, Queen Victoria Market. That was my last plug. And Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Well, of
1: course, on Christmas Day, we do have a special show. We do. We do yeah. every year, Paul and I, from nine till noon. Can't wait, maker And... Uh, We will actually be speaking with you on Christmas Day. I'm looking
0: forward to it. I'll have to stop shelling the prawns. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, you know, uh, we speak to Sally. And join
0: you, which I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. It's a highlight of our morning, Sally. Oh, is is it? And and mine. Yes. And the entire family. So once again, Sal, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thanks for your work you do as Lord Mayor. You do make Melbourne a better place, and all your colleagues on the council work really hard at that. And as a Joy Ambassador... Thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you for your leadership, your advocacy and the positive difference you make in our city and community. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.